welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I'm back, y'all. I missed you guys. Did you miss me? I hope a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry that I took so long off. I've taken over two months off at this point, the longest I've ever gone without recording an episode. And I've really missed doing it. Uh, But I apologize in advance if this episode is a little shaky. You know, it always takes a little while to get back into the swing of things, get the voice, the vocal cords warmed up. But um, God, I feel like so much has happened since I last spoke to you guys in my own life and the pop culture world. I mean, Capricorn season, Sagittarius season, they both kind of kicked me in the ass. I was having a really bad Sag season and I am a Capricorn. I was hoping things that were going to look up for me. They didn't really, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, My car got hit and run. It was just parked on my street in front of my house, got hit while I was sleeping. Um, This happened December 1st and I still don't have my car back and it is January 23rd. So that has been an utter joy. Um, You know, I've had some health issues in my family that were very stressful and still ongoing. And, uh, but you know, we, we persevered. Uh, we went to San Diego for my birthday and that was very fun. I loved it. I'd never been to San Diego before. Had a great time. It was not cute weather. I feel like San Diego probably really shines in the sunshine. Uh, it was pretty cloudy and rainy the whole time, but I still had a great time. Loved it. So many things to do there. I loved the zoo. I loved the aquarium. I don't care how touristy they are. I had a great time. You know, Mercury and retrograde, it started on my birthday. So I feel like that was, <laughs> you know, not a good way to kick off my new year of, you know, my birthday, the new year of 2023. And I, I've continued to get beat up, like physically and mentally. I We got bikes for Christmas, my sister and I, and they are so cute. They are pink. They match. There's little baskets on the front for our dogs. My dog loves it. He is obsessed with the bike now. He just relishes having the wind in his hair. Um, But my very first time taking it out, I literally ran into a wall, scraped up my entire arm. I'm still recovering from that. As I was still recovering from that, I fell at my job. Um, I don't mean that figuratively. Like I literally walked out of my office and smacked on the concrete uh, you know, I broke a nail. It's just, there's just, I physically right now do not feel really up to snuff. Um, <laughs> I swear guys, I swear I'm, I'm in a good mood. The spirits are up. I'm glad to be back, but I just had to share with you guys because I say all this because I'm wondering if you guys are having a similarly rough start to the year. And if you are, I say that is okay. You know, our year can start now. It can start today. It can start next month. Time is a construct, and I think we just need to not be so hard on ourselves and expect so much from ourselves in the new year, and I am trying to remind myself of that, and I wanted to remind you guys too. I'd also like to thank uh, Puppies and Zaddies, that is their name, on Apple Podcast Reviews. They left me such a delightful review. I don't know who they are. It kind of feels like it's someone I know in real life, but I can't peg who it is, so if you want to tell me and reveal yourself who you are, I'm 
please do. I would I would love to know and thank you um, in person. And also lovely Summer. She's a Kiwi. She's from New Zealand. She also sent me a nice message. And just this review and her message, they really helped me out when I was really doubting myself, thinking, am I even going to come back to the podcast? So thank you guys. And if you want to go read her view, you, review, you can go over to Apple Podcasts, um, find my podcast, scroll down. You will be able to read it. And while you're there, I mean, it would be so easy to just also write a review while you're already there. Uh, And I would appreciate that so much. So thank you guys again. Onward to the pop culture world. As I said, so much has happened. I mean, Spare by Prince Harry came out. Jin Shaw from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, she got sentenced to 6.5 years in federal prison. Alex Baldwin was charged with involuntary manslaughter for the shooting of Helena Hutchins, which happened on the Rust set, if you recall that. On a lighter note, Kiki Palmer, you know we love her on this podcast. She announced her pregnancy live on SNL. Miley Cyrus released flowers recently on Liam Hemsworth's birthday with a lot of little Easter eggs kind of shading him. People are living, laughing, loving that song. Um... Before we get into our actual articles of the day, I would like to acknowledge this batch of articles is very white male heavy. Uh, And, you know, hopefully next week it won't be, but these were just some delightful articles that I felt like I had to cover, but I was looking at the lineup and I was like, ooh, that's a lot of white males. So (laughs) let's get into it. It's our first article of the day. To know this podcast is to know that when I see an article about Robert Pattinson saying something a little wacky, I I have to talk about it. So this article is Robert Pattinson's Potato Cleanse Sounds Horrible by Olivia Truffaut Wong. And as she starts out saying, anytime Robert Pattinson says something about diet or exercise, or in my opinion, anything, you know, skepticism is key. Because she writes, last year he had to correct the record after his claims about not working out before playing Batman went viral. He did, in fact, work out for his role as the Caped Crusader. Before that, he winked at rumors about his potentially airbrushed abs and New Moon. And then she says, there's something about his most recent health revelation that seems too weird not to be true. So the content of this comes from an interview he did with ES Magazine. And in it, he talks about how he's worried that his hotel room might be haunted. He says, I'm probably not seeing ghosts. It's probably just because I've been drinking about 17 cups of coffee a day. And again, with Rob, you never know if things are hyperbolic or if he's just so committed to the weirdness that he actually is doing that. Again, I think 17 cups of coffee a day would literally send me into cardiac arrest. I can't even imagine. And I'm a coffee gal. But what she really focuses on is the claim that he once survived on potatoes for two weeks as part of a weight loss detox. And I agree with her. This sounds completely viable to me because as we all know, as far as nutrients go, you can get really all of your necessary nutrients from potatoes. So I can totally see him doing this. And he says it's just boiled potatoes and Himalayan pink salt. Apparently it's a cleanse. You definitely lose weight. Um, Again, who knows why he did this? He admitted that it's not the only unconventional diet he's attempted, as we know. I feel like we've talked about this. He said he's tried keto, uh, but he was upset because he couldn't drink beer on keto, which honestly, you can. Like, you know, Mick Ultra, they're low in carbs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I imagine Rob liking like a really heavy ale 
But luckily, Rob does acknowledge how dangerous these sort of fad diets are. He says, even if you're just watching your calorie intake, it's extraordinarily addictive and you don't quite realize how insidious it is until too late. I also love how Olivia ended this. She says, no wonder the man once almost burned down his apartment while trying to make a handheld pasta dish. If I had eaten nothing but potatoes straight for two weeks straight, I would too be too desperate to get pasta in my mouth as quickly and easily as possible. And you guys know the iconic microwaving of the pasta, him wanting to make like a microwavable pasta sandwich, literally still one of my favorite stories we've ever covered on here. So again, not that this is that out of the norm. I bet there's a lot of celebrities who have tried a two-week potato cleanse. Like, why not? I think they all do crazy shit like that. And potatoes, I stand by them being the most versatile of items. Like, you can make them anyway. To me, potatoes and eggs are two perfect foods because of the sheer variety you can get from both of them, the different textures you can make, the fact that they are so integral to so many other dishes. Like, just give me potatoes and eggs and I'm good. I'm Gucci. I can make you some gnocchi. I can make you a sunny side up poached egg salad, fries, roasted, Parmesan encrusted. I mean, again, I'm acknowledging that you need other ingredients, but as a vegetarian, sorry, pescatarian, eggs and potatoes are a crucial part of my diet. So I'm not saying I want to do a two-week potato cleanse. And people in the comments are like, eating potatoes is like eating straight sugar because of the glycemic index. I'm just saying if I had to do it, I probably could. Now I realize I talk about Jennifer Coolidge a lot on here, but that woman is having her moment as she so deserves. And I am also going to talk about every Jennifer Coolidge article I see, because just like Mia Mercado, who wrote this next article, I too can't shut up about Jennifer Coolidge. And if you don't remember, uh, Mia was on this very podcast last year, if you want to go listen to that and you haven't yet. So she says, how do you begin to describe the perfect piece of cake or the most luxurious beach vacation or the sensation of wearing one of those old Hollywood fur trim robes complete with matching kitten heel house slippers? That's how I feel about Jennifer Coolidge. And I truly could not have said it better myself. I, that is everything that encapsulates how I feel about Jennifer Coolidge. And again, she's been kind of sweeping. She's won so many things. She won her first Golden Globe. She won her first Critics' Choice Award. Of course, they were both for her role of Tanya in the White Lotus series. And in this article, Mia kind of handpicks a lot of her most iconic quotes. So let's discuss some. So recently when she was accepting an award, she said, I just want to say to all the people out there, for anyone that's sort of given up hope, I hope this gives you inspiration. It's not over till it's over. She said, it's not over till you're dead. And I love that because that's how I try to live my life, guys. None of us are too old. It's not too late. At the Golden Globes, when she was thanking Mike White, who's the creator of The White Lotus, she said, you sort of changed my life in a million different ways. My neighbors are speaking to me. Things like that which I love. It's just such a little tongue-in-cheek response. And I actually think she's been friends with her neighbors for a while because she lives in New Orleans and she talks about these fabulous parties she throws with her neighbors in New Orleans. And I could not be more jealous of that. And then Mia says she was very disappointed because she could not find Jennifer's acceptance speech for her 2005 Teen Choice Award for Best Movie Sleazebag for her role as the stepmother in A Cinderella Story, which if you know, you know. I mean, and if you haven't seen that movie yet... Hilary Duff shines in it. Jennifer Coolidge shines in it. Chad Michael Murray, he's there. Uh, it is amazing, though. And I haven't watched it in a long time. It's one of those ones that I really need a rewatch of. I'm bad because I get so overwhelmed with the sheer amount of TV and movies that I want to watch that I so rarely go back to things that I love. But again, that one is worth a rewatch for sure. 
So since Mia says she could not find that speech, she says that when Jennifer Coolidge gave her little tagline for what she would say on The Real Housewives, she says, if any of you girls say anything cunty to me, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, (laughs) which is honestly the best Housewives tagline, real or imagined, that I've ever heard. Recently, a quote of hers that's been going around is her doing an interview on the red carpet and her very earnestly saying that her dream role would to be played a dolphin, uh, which, you know, as a as a tridult, um, that is our mascot. So I'm envisioning Jennifer Coolidge in a tridult parody movie and her playing the mascot. And you cannot tell me that wouldn't slap. Oh, and before I forget, Jennifer Coolidge recently joined TikTok which you should go over and follow her. She had a really fun first TikTok. And while you're at it, you can also follow me at Bailey Evan. Um, I talk about pop culture some, but it's also just like a little glimpse into my life. And I don't have a niche, which I know is what they say if you wanted to grow your TikTok. But I'm just having fun with it. And I would love for you to join me over there. Comment, interact. I, I love reading comments, the nice ones at least. And even the mean ones give me a good laugh sometimes. Okay, I also loved this little story. She recently told Page Six that one time when she called into a sick to a waitressing job instead of faking an illness she said that someone put out a cigarette in her eye (laughs) which is just so absurd like why is that where her mind went for a good excuse and how does she explain when she goes back to work that her eye is just magically like fine actually though you know eyes heal very quickly there's nothing worse than a injury on your actual eye but that shit is resilient and it can kind of heal itself in a really cool way this is coming for someone who has frequently scratched her sclera <laughs> um she said she wants to be in a little nas x music video which i'm he has to make that happen she brings up another infamous story that we've also covered on here about the one time when jennifer was in hawaii and pretended to be her own identical twin so that she could date two men at once it is to date, still my favorite Jennifer Coolidge story. She also said in a 2021 Vulture interview how she used to pretend to be the least known, completely fictional Hemingway daughter. And she would go by the name Muffin Hemingway. And she says, one time I got thrown out of a club because I was behaving badly, which I want to know what she was doing. Like who has the gall to kick Jennifer Coolidge out of a club at any point in time? She's always been such a babe and so fun. So I would really like to know more about what she was doing. And apparently they said, don't ever come back here, muffin. (laughs) In a 2020 BuzzFeed video, uh, there was a tweet that she read that said, I just want Jennifer Coolidge to slap me with a purse. And she responded with, thank you. I will. And as Mia says, No interview will ever be quite as perfect as the 25 things you don't know about me that appeared in Us Weekly. And she said, my mother has soft brown eyes like a cow. I used to be able to run really fast. I'm the only person I know that has become less intelligent as they've gotten older. Sometimes I try to figure out how many pieces of gum I can put into my mouth at once. And in the same interview, she said that she is President Calvin Coolidge's sixth cousin, twice removed. So who knew? And honestly, saying that someone has soft brown eyes like a cow is A, a huge compliment and a very good way of describing someone. Like I can instantly envision what that looks like. And if anyone wants to say I have soft brown eyes like a cow, I would be flattered uh, because I do have brown eyes and I think cows are the cutest thing ever. 
I also loved this story from a Variety article way back in 2011. Uh, Jennifer was apparently asked to audition for the part of Paulette, which is the role she played in Legally Blonde. And she was asked to audition for that part in the musical adaptation of Legally Blonde. And her reaction was, look, if I got up on stage and farted and that's all I did, it would still be the lady from the movie. (laughs) And in that same interview she said the saddest thing about life is that you just make decisions about yourself if I'm not getting great roles I come to the conclusion that people think I'm incapable of that and then I make the decision that I'm incapable of that and I love when Jennifer Coolidge says these things that are really relatable I even remember hearing that she almost didn't do the role of Tanya because she's like it was the pandemic I just wasn't feeling great about myself and how I looked and I was just like basically just feeling insecure and she just didn't know if she really wanted to put herself out there like that. And she did it. And obviously it has changed her life in a lot of ways. As I always say, I she was an icon before White Lotus, but indisputably it has definitely made her star rise, gotten her all of these awards, all this attention. So again, I think it's a great reminder to all of us to not give up on ourselves. Again, I need these pep talks this week, guys. If, if it's getting a little woo-woo inspirational up in here, it's because I need to hear this. And then she ends with saying, she is greater than the sum of her parts, although Stifler's mom walked so Milf Manor could have run. And I clicked on the link because Mia did a whole article about Milf Manor, which I've been hearing little rumors about. I think it's on TLC. And the concept is at once fascinating and disturbing. So it's a group of MILFs. And if you don't know what that acronym stands for, it is Mother I'd Like to Fuck. I once did get my mom a Cold Stone cake that said uh, number one MILF on it. And I don't think she was as amused by it as I was, but I I was quite proud. So in this show, there's a group of MILFs and they're told they're going to get to date these hot young guys, super sexy, you know, Uh, but lo and behold, these hot, young, super sexy guys are actually the other women's sons. So that's interesting and apparently there was a 30 rock episode that had a show called milf island the graphics that they used for it again this is a fictional show but the graphics looked like survivor and it was the same concept of these milfs on an island like dating each other's sons so i love that this has sort of come to fruition and if you have watched the show please please i beg you tell me if it is worth my time because again i told you my tv lineup is very full at the moment and I'm also watching old seasons of Survivor that I miss because I am quite a Survivor fan if you're not it's because you haven't watched it and I stand by that fact if you are not into Survivor or you haven't enjoyed it it's because you haven't watched it because it is so addictive and so well done and you can't tell me it is not a glimpse into the human psyche it is basically Yellow Jackets Lord of the Flies in reality tv show form what could be better than that And before I go on too much of a tangent, but staying on the same lines of the White Lotus, let's talk about Adam DeMarco, who plays Albie in White Lotus. This article is Adam DeMarco Goes to Fashion Week by Bindu Bansanath. So he was going to Milan for his first major fashion show. It was Prada. He says, I've been a fan of Prada for a while now, so I'm honored that they're my first. So Bindu got to speak to Adam over the phone uh, the Saturday before the event. And he talks about how maybe he just likes Prada because he's Italian and he's a little biased. But I mean, Prada has really been hidden lady lately. I gotta say, them and Mimu, you know, they have the same parent company. They both been killing it. 
Uh, he says he showed up and he was feeling a little bit like a bum in Milan uh, because his his luggage was uh, not reunited with him yet, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to. So he's talking about how his luggage was lost and he's hoping to get it before the show, which is so stupid that he put his look in his checked bag. I'm sorry, I'll say it. He says he acknowledges this. He says, always carry on. You know, I'm learning lessons left and right, but I'm tracking my luggage on an Apple AirTag and I can see it's here in Milan. So I think it'll all work out. And I have to say, do I need to invest in an Apple AirTag? Because I have the little tiles, but I feel like they always die. And then I'm just left high and dry because I go to search for something that I have a tile in and it's dead and then I can't find it. And it's so sad and disheartening. So again, I'm sorry I'm always asking you guys for your reviews, but are the Apple AirTags worth it? Do they keep a charge well? Have they helped you find something that was lost successfully? I don't even know the price on them either. So is there a good like way to get them for a good deal? Let me know. Now, apparently Adam has gotten his Italian citizenship and he says, yes, I got my passaporto. It's what they call it a few years ago. My dad had gotten his and encouraged me to get mine. I'm glad I did because I got to use it last year while filming in Sicily. It's just cool having two passports. You feel like you're Jason Bourne. He goes on to say he's excited to be at the show because there's a lot of cast members from the White Lotus there as well. He says, it's my first time back in Italy since filming last summer, and it's bringing up a lot of memories, mostly about how I just wish I spoke Italian so I could communicate better. So interesting that, you know, he can get his Italian passport and he doesn't even speak Italian. And he says, everyone's so well-dressed here and carries themselves so well. It's kind of intimidating. I feel like a bum a little bit with my personal style game. So I'm excited to do some shopping as well. And then Bindu says, you've said that while filming for the show in Sicily, Jennifer Coolidge got you into wine. What did she teach you? And what does a wine lesson with Jennifer entail? So clearly this is the part of the article I was most excited about, right? And he says that they went out to a nice restaurant and she ordered this bottle of Sicilian red wine from Mount Etna. And he says it was just the best wine he's ever had. And it opened his eyes. But this is the part of the story I love. He says she tried to take a picture of the label to remember it by, but she moved her camera too fast and the flash went off. So you just saw a blurry photo. And guys, I swear I've done this too, because what happens is, you know, a lot of times the the waitress, the waiter, they're holding the bottle of wine and I'll be like, oh, can I stop a picture real quick? And you already feel bad because you're kind of holding them up. But I'm like, oh, this is so good. I need to know. I need to remember. And my drunken ass is getting, you know, the wine cooling apparatus instead of the actual bottle or it's, again, too blurry and I can't read it. So another moment where I just related to Miss Jennifer Coolidge. But he says, I'm still new to wine and drinking in general, so I'm still in the learning. So then I was confused because I was like, I thought he was around my age and he is. He's 32 years old. Uh, But I don't know if he just didn't drink for a while and he just recently started. Uh, He doesn't really elaborate on that, but he just says he's still learning. He's trying to try a bunch of wines. There's no wrong answers. So we love that. And then I also appreciated this story, which is kind of shady, but hilarious. He said, you know, he's going out with Italian actors in LA for the premiere, the Italian actors who are on the show and saying how it was really hard for them to find a bottle of wine. And he says, you know how they give you a sample at a restaurant so you can try it? And they're like, okay, go ahead, pour it. They were kind of like, no to everything. I was like, Sabrina, I'm sorry. This isn't Italy. This is LA. You have to manage your expectations a bit. So then the interviewer asked him, you've grown a mustache. Tell me about it. And he says, is it worthy of talking about? And I really wish I knew the tone he said this in because when I read this, I was like, that's kind of low-key rude. And she says, I think so. And he says, usually I just grow my facial out hair out in between auditions while working because if I get an audition and I want the character to look a certain way, I can't grow facial hair overnight. 
I found this noteworthy because I didn't realize actors usually have creative control over how they want their character to look. I don't think they usually do. I would think that normally they're kind of told, okay, this is how we want your hair. This is how we want your facial hair. So for him to use that as an answer, I don't know. Sus. It was at this point in the interview that I realized maybe I'm putting too much of Albie on Adam because I'm like, I don't know if I'm buying his little nice guy act, you know? It's just, I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way in this interview at parts. Because then she's asking about this meme. And if you're not on TikTok, you probably are not familiar with it. But he was on a Disney Channel original movie called Radio Rebel. And it co-starred Debbie Ryan. Or Debbie Ryan was the star and he was in it as well. And she asked him, you know, what was that trajectory like? Because not only was this a popular movie, but again, it's been very memed on TikTok. And he says, luckily, I wasn't tied to the show for many years. He's like, I just did two Disney movies. So I kind of got in and out. Uh, But he described them as positive work environments. And he says he met his best friend, uh, Atticus Mitchell on Radio Rebel, and that Atticus was actually in Milan with him. So, you know, he's like, I'm happy to do those, but I'm way happier to have been part of the White Lotus. And then she says, are you aware of the iconic Debbie Ryan meme? And she says, that will never die. I remember in 2020, Radio Rebel became a meme on TikTok and it had this whole resurgence. And now it's happening again because people realize I was in it with Debbie and on the other side of her uh, Kubrick stare, which I don't really think that's what Debbie is doing in the meme. It's more just kind of classic Debbie Ryan to me, but sure. And the interviewer says, we'll have fun with that meme forever. And he says, I'll I'll tell Debbie. So I wonder if they still chat. I hope they do. I would love that they're still friends. Um, And he explains that he's gluten-free normally, uh, but he feels like he can eat it in Italy. So he's kind of sad to go back uh, to the U.S. where he can no longer eat it anymore. He should get together with Rob Patz and have his microwave pasta. Give a little review on it. Okay, next up, again, I told you, we got a lot of white males. So we have Still Crushing on Logan Lerman, Your Internet Boyfriend is All Grown Up by Daniel Cohen. Now, before we get into this, I'd like to point out that Logan Lerman and Dylan O'Brien regularly hang out, which is a lot for my heart to handle. They are both sort of my ideal. And I know this because I follow Olivia Sweet on TikTok, and she's always hanging out with those two, and I'm so jealous. So Daniel's article starts out like this. It says, I'm staring at Logan Lerman's hair. I can't help it. His gently tousled waves are a little distracting, but what I'm searching for is the hint of gray that made itself known on Instagram in the early days of the pandemic. Finally, I muster up the courage to ask him about it. Not just for me, a woman who spent more than enough time scrolling through GIFs of Lerman on Tumblr in the early 2010s, but for all of us on the internet who scrolled through GIFs of Lerman on Tumblr in the early 2010s. It's white. He corrects me, though it's dyed right now for a project he's filming. Like shock white. It started when I was like 17. It's right here in particular. He gestures, moving from the center of his hairline back to the top of his head. I've got a streak, and it's peppered all around. As someone who also has prematurely grayed, I can deeply relate to this. I loved that during this interview, he is hungover because the night before, he was doing promo for his show, Hunters, and he did the late show, and then after the late show, he went out for martinis with his girlfriend. And I loved that, A, he was drinking martinis because who doesn't love a martini and that he was hungover for the interview. Again, I like relatability. And how many times have I been hungover and hating my life? Too many to count. So in the interview, they're kind of chatting about his role in the industry. And he's kind of talking about how he wants to be on both sides, you know, like not just acting, but producing, you know, typical path for an actor. 
but it says by the time the phrase private equity comes out of his mouth, he self-consciously apologizes for being boring. Listening to him, it's hard not to feel cynical. Is this really the same guy who minutes earlier held his hand to his chest and said he'd be happy doing anything in film? For all his romantic feelings about movies, deep down Lerman is a pragmatist. It's just the reality of the industry, he says comfortably. There's a business element to this career. But what really keeps him going, he says, is just to get up and go to work. It's like watering the plants. Little by little, things happen. Doors open. Doors close. Things get better. Things get worse. Just keep going. And guys, I read you all of this, not because it's particularly interesting, but because as I was reading this, I had this gnawing feeling. I was like, "Mm, oh God, this man is a Capricorn. He is fulfilling every stereotype for us Caps and I fight that stereotype. Again, I always say it's my Gemini rising that keeps me a little bit crazy. But I was like, this is giving Capricorn energy. And sure enough, I pulled that puppy up and his birthday just happened. It was Thursday, January 19th. And I felt very satisfied that I had guessed correctly, but also a little perturbed that he was uh, fulfilling that stereotype for us. I loved this quote. He says, I really don't know Tumblr that well, he tells me innocently, but these days he's aware of what I'm tagged in. In other words, I look at shit. (laughs) I just love seeing, envisioning him finding all these thirsty TikToks about him and just kind of reveling in it. So they're talking about hunters and he says how, you know, the show, it gives visibly Jewish characters big over-the-top action sequences, which is not something you typically see on screen. And he says, I take pride in the sense that we're doing something on the scale of Mission Impossible with Jews in the lead. So Logan was raised Jewish, but he's considered himself an atheist since he was nine, which is, again, very Capricorn of him, I, I got to say. Um, and he says he doesn't actively seek out Jewish roles in his career, but he m- admits they do have a tendency to come his way. And when she asks if his own beliefs influence his approach to these roles, he says hesitantly, I don't share the genuine faith those characters have, but I understand it and I believe in the moment. And again, I think, you know, it is so important to have representation of Jewish Jewish actors on screen, especially with all of the anti-Semitism that still faces Jews constantly and is so disgusting. So I appreciate that I feel like he is handling this respectfully. He is also in We Were the Lucky Ones, which is a novel about a Jewish family separated during World War II. So that's why he has his hair dyed dark still, because he's working on that role. But then it says he is going to play in a movie about a threesome. And one of the other people in the threesomes is Phoebe Debner. So she's the star of Bridgerton. And uh, it's an ill-fated threesome, which aren't they all. It's his first real rom-com role, which I find shocking. Uh, and I kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, Confessions of a Wallflower. Wait, is that what it's called? I'm sorry. For some reason, I was thinking like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, I guess. <laughs> the Perks of Being a Wallflower, uh, which he started. I felt in a lot of ways was a rom-com. I mean, obviously, the ending of that movie. God, that, that shit fucked me up. I really disliked that movie. And I hate to say it, but Emma Watson cannot act her way out of a paper bag. Uh, Logan Lerman really carried that movie, um, but not not an enjoyable watch, I have to say. Anyways, I will be watching this threesome movie, but he says that it's still kind of up in the air. Like it's not, you know, fully gelled yet, I guess. Um, and that the moving parts where it might not fall into place, but I have a feeling it will. I mean, Phoebe Devner and him, I feel like they can pull an audience. So I'm, I'm going to say it's going to happen. And then it says, before we part ways, Lerman offers a, a goodbye. Breakfast, he tells me, is on Amazon today because Amazon Prime is what Hunters is on. Looks like the industry does have its perks, Danielle writes. 
And I have to say, other than being kind of a boring Capricorn throughout the interview, he also seemed very kind and nice, which it goes with the image I have of him. So I like that. And again, he enjoys a martini, you know, work and play. Again, another Capricorn stereotype, but it's fine. It's fine. Logan could do no wrong to me right now. That can always change, but right now he's in my good graces. <laughs> okay, before we get into legit shit in our blind item of the week, I do want to acknowledge that I told you guys I was really struggling over the time I took off. And as much as I miss doing this, and I hate even saying this because uh, I don't know, maybe I'll regret this, maybe I'll switch, maybe I'll go back to every week. But I really feel like for at least right now, I need to be doing the podcast every other week, which I know it feels like such a cop out. And I'm sure you guys are like, girl, you are so lazy. Just record every week. But what I'm really struggling with is now, you know, the podcast will be turning four this year. And what I'm scared of happening is just getting burnt out before I've had a chance to really grow this podcast. And I always want to feel like it's something fun and a hobby and connect with you guys. And I just think mentally where I'm at right now, doing it every other week, it will make it be more consistent, more able to come out on a day you guys expect it to come out. And I won't constantly feel like I'm letting myself down and you guys down when I miss a week. So that's where we stand. And I will keep you updated if that changes. But for now, that's what we're going with. I hope you understand. And I hope I hope you stay around and still listen, even though it's going to be every other week. I know there's no shortage of amazing podcasts out there who are way more consistent than I've ever been. Uh, but again, I, I don't ever want to give up on this podcast and I want it to have the opportunity to grow and for me to grow with it. And again, I just I don't want to give up on it before it's had that chance. So again, uh, your reviews always help. Telling a friend about it helps following me on TikTok helps. Any any small thing you do and every time you listen to this podcast helps. I appreciate all of you guys and let's get into our blind item. Sadly, I could not find a single blind item on Logan Lerman. I don't know if I just wasn't searching hard enough, but I was Googling as hard as my little fingers could and I could not find shit on that man. Uh, so instead... I decided we would do one on Robert Pattinson, which I think we have done one on him before, but we haven't done this one. This is from February 7th, 2017. It says, it took all of about 12 hours for this foreign-born B-list singer to call the paps and arrange for them to catch her at dinner with the actor she calls her boyfriend when needed. She knew the press would be drooling to get pics. Now, who he's referring to as the foreign-born B-list singer is FKA Twigs, and then Robert Pattinson is the actor that apparently she was really thirsty to be pictured at dinner with. Now, I don't like doing my girl FKA Twigs dirty like this. And I I don't even want to believe this because she just seems so above all of that. She's been through so much with the Shia LaBeouf abuse. And again, I feel, I feel very good feelings towards her. So I almost didn't want to read this. But the reason I wanted to read this is because of what it says in the reveal. The reveal is when there's a blind item and then later the reveal says who it's about. So the reveal says this is about Twigs and Arpats and it says in parentheses, who is now hooking up with Katy Perry when she is not hooking up slash having Skype sex with that random Danish guy she met while she was over there. And when Robert is not hooking up with Mia W, however you spell the rest of her last name. So I looked it up and in December of 2017, so, you know, 10 months after this blind, 
Katy Perry is pictured being in uh, Denmark in Copenhagen with this man who she's arm in arm with. It describes him as a male friend. So I don't know if this is the man in question. He's not named. He looks like he could be famous the way he's dressed. Uh, But I could not find anything more about it. But I find it interesting that apparently Katie's sister, Angela, is married to a Danish rocker uh, from the band called The Daylights. So maybe he hooked her up with this man. And I actually don't know if Angela's still married to him. Let's see. Okay, from what I can tell from the very little there is online about them, they are still married, or at least they were in 2019. And the Mia in question is Mia Wasikowska, who Rob did a movie with. So again, I just wanted to bring it up because I... A, did not know that apparently Rob and Katy Perry hooked up. From what I can tell, they continue to maybe hook up. Again, the internet doesn't know if they're just friends or if they hooked up. I think there's some alleged pictures of them kissing. I don't know. But again, I thought that was a fun fact that I didn't realize. So while the blind itself, I wasn't that interested in. I was very interested in that parenthetical. And I'm like, why is NT going so hard on the fact that Katy Perry hooks up with a Danish dude? Like, why does he care? Again, the way he writes his blind sometimes is just endlessly entertaining because i don't get it okay we've made it to legit shit this week's i am quite excited about i got some of these skirts two of them for christmas it's from the brand called quince my sister actually told me about them and their whole concept is that they make affordable washable silk guys i'm telling you i am obsessed with this company now i want to get a million more things it is priced so well um, the one I linked is a midi length little silk skirt. I also have a mini version of it. I have the mini in black and I have the midi one in champagne. They feel so nice. You can literally throw them in the wash. You don't have to dry clean them, which is incredible. Amazing. I hate dry cleaning things. And who doesn't need a silk skirt or a silk dress or a silk top? Like I feel like they just make everything look a little bit more elevated. They feel so nice on your skin. Please check out this company if you haven't yet. I thoroughly enjoy my skirts. I love wearing them. I'd wear them all the time if I could. Like You can dress them up. You can dress them down. Uh, if you tried the brand, let me know if you also enjoy it. And let me know if you like their slip dresses because that is what I want to try next. Thank you guys again for tuning back in and bearing with me while I kind of figure out the future of this podcast. It means the world to me and I'll see you in, I guess, two weeks. Bye.